Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. Habits should be designed to support you, full stop. To learn how, sign up for my course, The Sticky Habit Method, at aboutprogress.com slash stickyhabitmethod. When you became a mom, what surprised you? There's always those wonderful kind of surprises with motherhood, like how you didn't know you could love a little body so much, how a single laugh could make you cry tears of joy, and how hard it would be to resist biting your baby when they're just so darn cute. But what about the hard surprises that you could feel resentment towards that same little body that spilled milk could make you literally cry? And how hard it could be to resist biting words when your child acts like a monster. I was personally surprised by, well, everything about motherhood. Most of all, I was surprised that it didn't feel like it came naturally to me. In fact, I would say it wasn't until my fourth child that I felt like I could intuitively know what my kids needed and how to respond. And these are instincts I thought I'd have from day one. For years, it was really difficult for me to feel in alignment with how I wanted to feel as a mom in comparison to how I actually felt as a mom. If you are experiencing that gap right now and you are struggling in your motherhood, I want you to know two things really quick. 
One, you are not alone. Two, it doesn't have to stay this way. In fact, our guest today, Rachel Nelson, is a dear friend who taught me in a workshop she did years ago for a bigger workshop I taught called Rediscover You. She taught me how to bridge that gap and to really love motherhood again. Rachel is a mom of two miracle kids, a former teacher and an incredible podcaster at one of the most popular mothering podcasts in the world called 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast. She's been on the show a few other times, and I'm so excited to welcome her back to discuss what to do when you're struggling instead of thriving as a mom. Rachel and I discuss how parenting advice often fail moms and how we can carry so much baggage surrounding what motherhood is supposed to, in quotes, look and feel like, and how recentering in your true self as a woman can help you move from struggling to supported in your motherhood. This episode will not deepen the guilt you may be facing right now. Instead, it will give you a way to move away from the guilt and into a place where, in Rachel's words, you can love your motherhood as much as you love your kids. Two quick things before we begin. I know that we have such a diverse audience who listen to the show, and I want to acknowledge that not all of you listening are moms, or maybe you don't have kids in the home, so this doesn't feel as relevant. I want you to still listen to this if you can, because this advice, I believe, applies to any roles that you carry in your life where you feel stretched far too thin and your expectations are not matching your reality. And second, I want you to also know ahead of time that this isn't just another episode online where moms are told to go back to work because stay-at-home mothering is the worst. It's far more nuanced than that. Both Rachel and I know that, and it's something we discuss specifically in this interview. I can't wait for you to learn from Rachel today. Welcome back to About Progress, Rachel Nielsen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're just my favorite, and I love that I'm back on the show. Oh, that makes me really happy to hear that. We definitely have a history that I'll make sure I share in the introduction to this episode, but I'm I'm so happy you are here because what we get to share today is one of those moments I had with you as a friend, but also someone who learns from you. We had this workshop that we did a couple of years ago called Rediscover You. And you were one of the three speakers we had at that workshop. And I sat there and we're both former teachers, but I sat there not only in awe of how you teach, because you're such an incredible teacher, but how applicable and practical, but also life-changing it is what you taught that day. And that's what we're really going to be digging into today is those who are feeling like they're struggling massively with motherhood and they don't really know where to go from here. I want to start by hearing your own story there, because that's what I think helps the most when women know like, oh, it's not just an expert who always knew better than me and has Mm -hmm. always done better than me preaching at me. They get to learn from someone who gets it. Let's start with your story then. You know, when did you struggle with motherhood and what was that like for you? I would say I struggled mightily with motherhood from the very beginning and it surprised me because Mm -hmm. I have always loved kids. I did a lot of work prior to becoming a mother with kids and teens and young adults, just with youth. I was a teacher. I was a summer camp counselor for years. 
I really thought this is going to come so naturally to me. And I was raised in a religious culture where motherhood was really idealized and sort of taught that this is your divine calling Mm -hmm. and women are made to nurture. And I, I thought that meant like, oh, it will just come really naturally to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we went through years of infertility to get our kids. And I was just so ready to step into that role and was shocked by how difficult it was for me and how unfulfilling it felt to me to be not, I wouldn't say motherhood was unfulfilling to me, but stay at home motherhood was unfulfilling for me. And I felt a lot of shame and guilt around that because Mm -hmm. I thought I should be able to figure out how to love this more. Like if I just work harder at it, if I, you know, read all the books or if I, going back to my religious roots, like if I just pray harder, like God Mm -hmm. will help me to make this, you know, to make me the perfect divine woman that I'm supposed to be so that I can be a better stay at home mom to my children. But it was just really wildly outside of my skill set. Like I just, I didn't, I had I didn't have the natural skills to take care of infants and a home and all of these things. I had a lot of learning to do, which I think all new moms do, but maybe yeah. even more so for me. Mm-hmm. And I just heaped a lot of guilt on myself for the fact that I wasn't loving it more. That's where we kind of have this double-edged sword, right? Like not only is it really difficult, but you make it more difficult by shaming yourself over yes. it. And, and really that's not the the guilt, right? It's the shame part that come from the shoulds. So Mm -hmm. when you, how did you recognize that gap, you know, that gap between who you wanted to be, who you thought you were supposed to be as a mom and how you were being as a mom, how did you recognize that gap? And then how did you switch from shaming and blaming yourself to realizing, oh, maybe it's just because motherhood needs to look different. Yeah. I mean, the gap was very apparent. So it's, it didn't, it wasn't hard to recognize that I'm not thriving in this role. I'm not happy. I recently was looking back through old journals that I had kept at that time. And I read a conversation that I'd had with my husband that I had written down in my journal. And it was like kind of painful for me to read it. Now, Mm -hmm. looking back, my husband had said something like, it's really not fun to have a wife who hates her children. And I said, I don't hate my children. And he's like, no, you don't hate your children, but you do hate motherhood. And I said, I don't hate motherhood. And he's like, you hate stay at home motherhood. So this con like through that conversation, we were able to get like down to what the actual problem was, but that's like painful for me to read now because I desperately loved my kids all along. And, but the way that it was coming out was that I felt like I wasn't connecting to them. I wasn't good at this. Like the reason why my husband said that is because I would text him like all day long. I'm so miserable. Like, can you come home? I need help. I don't want to do this anymore. So of course this was like miserable for him too. And so like, it was very apparent that I wasn't thriving. I wasn't doing well. I wasn't meeting my own expectations and my misery was like running, running off onto everybody else in, Mm -hmm. in my family. And instead of, instead of seeing that as like, I need support, I was, I saw it as I need to change myself. Like I need to be better. And so that's when I tried so hard to, well, it actually led me to like eating disorder behaviors, which, you know, Monica, that 
I was binge eating to try to comfort these feelings I was having and lots of really negative, negative self-talk. And finally, after months of this, probably even a year of this, I realized like, whoa, I need some help. And I went to therapy and it was in therapy that I started to learn new tools for like, this isn't about you being a terrible person. This is about you trying to fit yourself into a box that doesn't fit you. And what if you just accepted yourself? Like what would, what if you accepted who you are and the mother that you are and stopped thinking about the mother that you thought you should be? Mm. And like, I learned a lot of like cognitive behavioral techniques to like reframe my thoughts and to recognize a really negative thought when it happened and to sort of call it out and reframe it. And it was a process of a lot of years to realize that the shoulds that I was putting on myself, telling myself I should be this way to be a good mom were just false. Mm -hmm. And that I could be the good mom that I already was. I could be myself Mm -hmm. and that everyone in my family would be blessed for it. I'm thinking about the women who are listening and they're feeling that gap in their lives, the gap of the mother that there are, they are right now. And the mom that they wanted to be or thought they were going to be, or thought Mm -hmm. they think they should be. And how, like you said, the initial frame of working on it is I just got to work on myself when really the answer for you is I actually need more support. And this is where I'd like to have kind of a tricky conversation because Mm -hmm. you have an incredible podcast that I think all parents benefit from. It's more geared towards moms, but I send it to my husband like every week. Like, listen to this so we cannot be on the same page every week. And it's full of incredible advice. And you do have really practical episodes of tips and advice on how to help your kids during certain stages. But what I love about your podcast so much is how it teaches women more about the support part that I think is often Mm -hmm. missing. So let's talk about that. Why, Mm -hmm. why does parenting advice often get it, not get it wrong because I'm sure there's the advice itself is good, but how does it often fail moms? Mm. Well, parenting advice, it's, it's all written from somebody who doesn't know you and doesn't know your children. And so you can, you can read it and take it with a grain of salt and believe I do plenty of that. Obviously I run a podcast all around takeaways for motherhood, but also, like you said, I, I hope that the deeper message that women get when they listen to my show is, you know, what's best for your kids, you know, what's best for yourself. And here are some tools and takeaways to consider, but at the at the base of it, you have to have a strong sense of self. And when I was a new mom, I didn't have that. And so Mm -hmm. all of the advice and the parenting books and everything made me feel more guilty and more shoulds were added onto my life and also onto my children. I would read these books or watch the Instagram reels and say, if I do this technique, they should respond this way. Like, why is my kid different? Why is my kid broken? You know, why am I broken? Versus Mm -hmm. taking that advice with a grain of salt and saying, like, my kid is not a textbook and Mm -hmm. I am a unique mom and I need to not just look at like surface level tactics, but also like what's going on deeper in me? What supports do I need? Mm -hmm. How can I get to know myself better in a way that will radiate out to the tactics and the behaviors that I can 
implement in my home and in my family. It's so fascinating because we've both lived this out, but in you know different ways, because again, we are unique moms and our kids are unique too, but just that shift in recognizing it needs to be more about myself mm-hmm. and how that's not selfish. That actually helps my kids that yes. changed my mothering 100%, yep. like an, a 180 flip. And I could use the same techniques as before, but they would actually work because mm-hmm. I came to it as a whole person as myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not as someone else, or I could try on a different tactic and follow some good parenting advice, but still it was different. Why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, it's just a more centered approach. It's a, you know, I am fascinated by the word selfish and Mm -hmm. thinking about what does that actually mean? And one of my favorite therapists who you were the first person that introduced me to her work, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. I heard, I've heard her say that we use the word selfless as if it's a good thing, but when you actually break that word down selfless, it means without a self. And do we really want to be making choices from a place where we don't have a sense of self? No, we want to be making choices that the world might see as quote selfless, but we're making them from a very centered, we're making them as an act of self is what Mm -hmm. Jennifer would say we're not a victim. We're choosing the things that we do for other people because we deeply know ourselves. And so I've heard you talk about being full of yourself in a good way. You know, most of the time we hear people use that in a bad way, but being filled up and full of who you are, knowing who you are and bringing that to your life, as well as I've heard Brooke Snow talk about the term self-centered in a good way centered in yourself. So I just love kind of playing with these words and thinking about what does this actually mean? And how am I trying to be selfless in my motherhood in ways that aren't actually an act of self? So then I'm resentful and I'm a victim versus being selfless in ways that really come from deeper, the best Mm -hmm. parts of me. And once I have that anchor, then, you know, I try the parenting strategy or tip with my kids and it doesn't work. And I can kind of laugh about it and be like, well, it didn't work. Going to try something else. Whereas if I try that strategy from a broken place where I'm not feeling really sure in myself, then it doesn't work. And I spiral and I'm the worst. They're the worst. This is never going to get easier. Like it's just a completely this, the outcome is the same, but all of the thoughts around it are totally different when you're steady and stable in yourself in your sense of self versus not. And as I thought about this, I thought about an image that's helped me of like a big tent and how, you know, I'm thinking like a big, like a reception, a party tent, like where you would host an event with like maybe hundreds of people and you have to get that center pole holding the tent up. Like that has Mm -hmm. to be down deep and secure. It's the anchor. And once you have that, then you can expand out this tent that can give like refuge to hundreds of people and a really wonderful time. And they can like enjoy the warmth underneath this tent. Whereas if that center pole is not securely anchored and deep, then it's just the whole tent's going to fall over. It's not going to be safe for people to be in there. 
and we as mom are, are the that center pole for our kids of the tent that like when we are deeply firmly grounded and know who we are and are taking care of ourselves it actually makes it more possible for for our children and for others that we love to like enjoy the warmth that's available underneath like kind of our shelter versus if we are like shaky and unstable and we don't know ourselves and we're trying to take care of everybody else, but we really can't because we aren't deeply anchored. Next up, Rachel is going to break down what to do if you want to move from struggling to supported in your motherhood. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Let's face it, feeling stressed out is the worst, especially when stress seems to run your life and keeps you on edge and refuses to let you relax or unwind. Here's some good news though. There's now a way to beat stress before it beats you. Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm are supplements that help you reclaim your health, your happiness, and your peace of mind. Just Thrive is a probiotic that has a breakthrough formula that's clinically proven to help balance your gut, which is something 90% of Americans struggle with. Not only will Just Thrive probiotic help you stay ahead of things like gas and bloating and constipation, did you know when your gut is balanced and healthy, you'll be able to handle stress better? In fact, like a boss. I love that Just Thrive probiotic has zero feelers, gluten, dairy, histamines, and it can be sprinkled into any food or drink. So it's a perfect probiotic for your whole family. It's safe for pregnant moms, nursing moms, and kids too. For an extra boost in beating stress, add in Just Calm. It's proven to soothe everyday stress and encourage a steady and balanced mood and improve alertness and focus on top of helping you get better sleep. Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm are transforming the way we manage our modern social media filled stressful world. And you can get both with a discount right now when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use the promo code PROGRESS. That will give you 20% off a 90 day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. And that's like getting a month for free. While you're there, check out the other research backed products for optimal gut and immune health. There's something for everyone, even a probiotic for your pets all with a zero hassle money back guarantee. Take control of your best health today with Just Thrive. Again, go to justthrive.com and use the code PROGRESS. Makes complete sense. And as a visual learner, that's something that is going to sink into my mind. Whenever I have that little feeling crop up, like, oh, I'm being selfish or that guilt or that shame come up, I can visualize that. Like I need to be that strong centered pole. Mm-hmm. And that way I have more to give. You have a good term for this too, a self-assured motherhood. That's what I love yeah. about the, you know, what you teach is let's give moms great advice, but let's make sure they are starting from that place of centering that they feel self-assured as a mom. So mm-hmm. let's talk to the woman who want that. Now they want to go from struggling to supported mm. and they, and in the process of being more supported, they better support everyone and everything else that they're connected to, that they're, that, that they're in charge of. Mm-hmm. So what can they do if these women want to go from struggling to supported? Yeah. So in my course, declutter your motherhood, I walk women through three steps to decluttering a closet and how that can apply to decluttering the shoulds in your own life. And so I'm going to walk you through those three steps just briefly 
if you want a deeper dive, then you can look into my course, but I want to give you the three steps. And these aren't like quick hacks. You know, I wish that it were as easy as me just saying like, oh, if you're struggling with your motherhood, start going on a fun family outing on Saturdays and everything will change. Yeah. It's like maybe, but more likely the stuff underneath the deeper stuff needs to change first. And just going on a fun family outing isn't going to fix it until you've looked more deeply at your shoulds and where they come from and you're supporting and taking care of yourself. So these three steps that I'm going to give you, they may seem a little deeper and not as like actionable checklisty, but that's because this is the lit, this is the work we have to do yep. to get to a place where we're feeling better in our motherhood. So the three steps are inventory, edit, and make room. And I talk about how that is, you know, what you would do in a physical space, like a closet. If you were trying to declutter it, you would inventory everything that you have. And then you would go edit, you'd go through and decide what stays and what goes. And then you would have room in your closet after you've gotten rid of all the things you don't want in there anymore to really add, you know, whatever it is that you that your wardrobe needs to bring a little like life and color and fun to your wardrobe. But you can't really do that until after you've done the inventory and the edit. And so for moms, I translate this to if you're trying to declutter your overwhelm or your negative feelings about motherhood or yourself, first inventory your overwhelm, edit your expectations and make room for joy. Mm. And so Step one, inventory your overwhelm. I wish that it could be as easy as like, pull everything out of your closet and just start going through it. It's a little more challenging with deeper internal stuff. But I recommend that moms just sit down with a sheet of paper and just start to inventory and ask yourself, what are the shoulds that I'm holding on to in my motherhood right now? What are all the different ways that I'm, quote, shooting on myself <laughs> and what thoughts or beliefs about myself and my motherhood are causing me pain? Mm. And so you can just start to like brainstorm and write all those down and make a big list. It's like making the invisible visible. And okay. that question of like, what is what beliefs are causing me pain? You don't have to do anything about it right now. You don't have to know how to fix it but just first write it down and get an inventory of it. And that's the first step. And, and like you said, the most tricky because it's so sunken deeply to our subconscious that it's, mm -hmm. that it's hard to recognize, but it's also kind of painful to dig up. Yes. And I yes. remember when I did this workshop, when you taught it that during that bigger workshop that we did, that was the hardest part, but it was the most necessary because mm. then I can move on to like the practical parts about then editing and making room for what was going to bring joy. I'm curious, like what you taught this workshop live many times. So mm -hmm. have there ever been some responses to even that first part, the inventory that surprised you? Yeah. I mean, there's emotional responses for sure. I wouldn't say they surprised me because yeah, this is hard work, but like some women cry. I had one woman stand up and leave my workshop because she couldn't oh, do it. Yeah. And she told me later, she was a friend of mine. She said, I'm so sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't look at it. Like, I'm just not ready yet. And I'm like, that's okay. Like if you, and that's when I'd say, if the pain is that deep therapy, like definitely sure. therapy, if you drag up some stuff. But I also think that it's like a real organization project or decluttering project. If you've ever done that in your home, 
there's a point in every one of those projects where you think like, why did I drag all this stuff out? Like it's so much, I should have just left it. Like it's when you have like all the piles all over strewn all, and you're like, this is so much worse. And you have to push through that messy middle to get to the more decluttered space at the end. And that's what this can feel like when, for women who start to really look at their underlying beliefs and their pain and different things. Like there can be a moment where you're like, why did I even go there? Like it was fine how it was, but you're going to have so much more joy and fulfillment once you kind of go through this process and go through that messy middle. So I would just encourage moms to not be afraid of the emotions that come up when you do this type of work. With that inventory part, when I personally did it, I was surprised by what came up in terms of what I thought my responsibilities should be as a good mom, Mm. meaning like we have certain amounts of homemade meals each week and certain types of homemade meals, or that I'm the one doing the laundry. Like it was more of like the, the tangible parts of motherhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like you said, also the deeper parts, like that I should love being with my kids every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, boy, I, I do want that. I don't feel that way, but I can now see that that's more of a should. So I've got to think about what to do with that. And that's where editing comes in, right? So with editing, mm-hmm. tell us what, what we do there. Yeah. So once you have these thoughts and beliefs out on paper, whether they're like deeper internal stuff or more like the activities you're expecting of yourself in motherhood, like you just mentioned, I would just choose one because you can't overhaul everything all at once. So I would just choose one and kind of interrogate it. And I love that idea. Michael Hyatt talks about how important it is to interrogate your thoughts. Mm. So you're kind of asking, you're looking at it objectively and saying, do I actually believe this? Mm. So like you maybe were surprised to find like, whoa, I expect myself to make a homemade dinner seven days a week. I didn't even know that I expected that of myself till I sat here and wrote this down. Do I actually believe that that's what makes a good mom? Yeah. And like your more rational self is like, no, that's not what makes a good mom. So you kind of can like have a conversation with yourself around that belief. So you're asking yourself questions like, where did this belief come from? Is it my family of origin? Is it my religious culture? Is it my social media, my friends? Does this belief actually help me be a better mom or does it drag me down? Is it possible that something else could be true? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I could reframe this slightly and it could all and it could be true for me. And it's not like a quick process. Sometimes you have to work for a long time to restructure your beliefs, but the first step is even becoming conscious of them. Jennifer Finlayson Fife always says you can't fix what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And so once you sort of gotten a hold on like, oh, I have a lot of really strange beliefs about what a good mother is that my mm-hmm. logical mind doesn't actually agree with, but my heart is still saying are true. I'm going to start working on that. Like I'm yeah. going to start thinking about it and giving it, you know, more reflection and interrogating it a little bit and see if I can slowly start to shift those beliefs and edit and let go of some of them that aren't making me happy. So that's really what the heart of editing is. It's letting go, you know, and there's different, I mean, sometimes it's just a seasonal thing too. Like this doesn't work for this season. 
of my mothering. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let that go. And sometimes that helps me let go of it easier. Cause I can say, I can come back to that one. Like, or I yeah. can prioritize totally. that later. Mm-hmm. So we've got inventory edit. What's make room. So make room is the fun part where you start to realize that once you get rid of the shoulds and the things that don't fit you very well, that there's room for you to add stuff that you do, that does fit you, that you do love. And I feel like you don't often hear professional organizers talk about like adding, you only hear about them saying, take, take it away, purge it, declutter it. But when I did a full organization project of my home, which is really what sparked my interest in this topic, I, when we were done editing, I had like five shirts and one pair of pants left. Yeah. And it's startling to see it. And you're like, what am I going to wear? And then you realize, oh, th- that's actually all I was wearing anyway. Hmm. The, the, I was always reaching for those things anyway. The rest of the clutter was just making me feel like I had a more full wardrobe or whatever. But it helped me to see, oh, I could get some new pants that I actually really love. Like there's hmm. room here, there's space. I'm not just going to get what's trendy or whatever. I'm going to get what actually fits me and I love. And you can do the same thing with your motherhood after you've, maybe you decide I'm not going to make a hot dinner seven days a week anymore. That makes no sense. I don't want to spend my time doing that. Instead, I'm going to make a homemade dinner three nights a week. And on the other nights, now I have room and I'm going to spend more time. Like we're going to go for family walks or I'm going to join a class And just for me, like a hobby, something that really lights me up, or we're not going to fill it with anything. And we're just going to have more rest in our life and do something simpler for dinner, like takeout or something quick, and then enjoy that time as a family to just be. So the making room for joy is the really fun step after you've done this deeper work of inventorying your overwhelm and editing your expectations. When we did that workshop, I remember listening to a woman describe how she found so much, so much fulfillment in having an outside passion so that she wanted to bring that in. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because she said another thing that really brought her joy as a mom was working with her kids on their hygiene. So she loved bath time. She loved clipping their little tiny nails and getting them dressed. Hmm. And the reason why that struck me so much is because I hate that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, I hate- really? Yeah. I, and this was, this was many years ago. Many. So I don't yeah. remember all of the specifics, but yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm like, I, I like hate cutting. I don't know how, what the math is. And I probably should know this like 20 times five, like a hundred nails is what mm-hmm. I'm trimming. Like that, that part makes me just so sad. So <laughs> why I bring that up is because it's so individual. That's where the self-assurement comes in. It's the, this is where the tent pole analogy is so fantastic because it will be so different for each of us. And that's where we get to say good for them, not for me Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Good for me now, not for them. So maybe they're judging me, but that's okay. We can let go. Or good for me then not for me now. Yes. Like I think a lot of women have a hard time letting go of things that they did love in one season or that really fit them in one season. And then now they're in a new season and it's like, it's okay to say that was wonderful for me back then. And now I can morph it into a new reality, you know? And yeah, well, I'm nodding my head because I'm realizing that is happening to me right now. Like seven years Mm. ago, what it was going to help me show up better as a mom was having more ambition outside of motherhood. 
Mm. I've been kind of realizing last few weeks, I'm kind of feeling differently now. Like I still want to keep with my podcast, but that's it. Like, I don't really find myself wanting to do anything else. I just want to, I'm like reversing, but it's not because that was wrong then. And it's not necessarily wrong for anyone. Now it's just my season. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to do it differently. Yeah. I love that you brought that up, Monica, because we've talked a bit about stay at home motherhood today and how it wasn't super fulfilling for me, but I want everyone to know, like, I'm not saying that's true for all stay at home mothers at all. There are many stay at home moms who are very fulfilled, who just rock that role, you know? And it's been interesting for me to realize that there are women who have the shoulds that are the exact opposite way. So actually one of the women who works for me, she was grew up in a culture and was always taught like your value is in the work you do outside your home. Like, of mm. course you will be working and you got this education, you have a master's. Like she had never really considered that she could be a stay-at-home mom because of all of the pressure and the stress. And then recently she realized that what she really wanted was to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And so decluttering her motherhood looked like setting down all of the outside expectations of work and everything. And it's funny because she's not going to be able to work. She, she resigned essentially. And we were laughing about how she's like, I'm a testament to your teachings. You taught me how to declutter my motherhood and now I can't work for you anymore because I want to be a stay at home mom. And I'm like, (laughs) darn it. Cause she is amazing. So, but I totally respect her choice. And Mm -hmm. I love seeing that process of, figuring out what works for you and what you want for your motherhood. And that's going to look completely different from another woman. But the message, the real message is you don't have to fit yourself in any box to be a good mom. You have to figure out how you can thrive because when you thrive, your people thrive too. And your family Mm -hmm. thrives around you versus that sad, sad journal entry of like the ways that from that my misery was running out on my family and my children and my husband, you know, I felt like I was being selfless, making that choice to stay home, give up my career and everything. But really in some ways that was the, that was a choice that was negatively impacting my family. So was it selfless, you know, or I don't want to say it was selfish because that's too loaded, but I just had to look at myself and say, maybe the more selfless choice is to get a, to gain a sense of self hmm. and to accept myself so that I can be the loving, centered, grounded mom that I want to be. This has been really needed. I didn't even know I needed this. I thought I had lifted out a few times, especially going through your workshop. And now I'm just recognizing, I think it's time for me to do another inventory and then another edit, another make room. And this yeah. is where I kind of want to be, I want to bring it back to your course because I imagine this is something where like me, women will need, want to have something that they can revisit and also mm. have something that is not just like, let's give you an overview. Let's go really deep in these, mm-hmm. in, into these three, what, what did you call them? Not three categories. Yeah. Three I just call them three steps. Yeah. Yeah. To go deeper into these three steps. So tell them about declutter your motherhood and how it's now being released as a course. Yeah. So you're absolutely right, Monica. I don't know anybody that just declutters their closet one time and never again for the rest of their life. 
it, this is an ongoing process. And so what I love about making this course available online for people is that you can, once you purchase it, you can go back to it anytime you need. So do it now and then in a year or three yeah. years. And it's an audio course version. So it's really intended for the busy mom who doesn't want to sit down and log in on a computer and watch videos. It's all going to be on a private podcast feed. So you can just listen to it while you're doing carpool, commuting to work. And it comes with a very detailed workbook. So you listen to the lessons. And then when you have some more reflective time, you do the like journaling and figure out how it really applies to your life. But it's 10 lessons all on a private podcast feed, walking through these three major steps of decluttering your motherhood and guiding you through how to find and make room for more joy in your unique motherhood. And this is where I'd like to really strongly advise women to do it because I, I can just even see that inventory step alone, needing to have someone almost hold my hand, mm-hmm. not only with yeah. how you teach, but also with that workbook to be able to say, these are the types of questions that can help you even identify what's so deep in your subconscious that you can't just drum it up yourselves. Yeah. Uh, so here you go. Let's, let's walk through that. And the making room part too, is like a whole other layered thing where our, the shoulds can creep back in or our fears or our comparison to others where I I know that you guide women really through that in ways that make it make sense. So they're not just coming up with it. The making room part is the most fun because that's when women start to dream Mm -hmm. and really, you know, I've included so many examples in the audio course because I've taught this workshop live about 12 times. So I went back and I watched old footage of old workshops and I pulled like examples from real women of what they do in each one of these steps. So even though it's not a live workshop, you're still going to be hearing from, I even include some audio clips. So you're hearing from lots of other women who've done this work and hopefully it can kind of spark your mind. What do I want? What do I dream about for my motherhood and my life? So I'm really excited to offer this in this format. And if your listeners are interested, they can go to three and 30 podcast.com slash declutter, and they can use the code about progress for 10% off. Awesome. Great. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited too. Rachel, you are so incredible. I respect you so much. I feel so lucky to be your friend and to just learn from you. So thank you for all you do. The feeling feeling is so mutual. And honestly, Monica, my workshop wouldn't exist had you not invited me to teach at your workshop. When you invited me to teach at Rediscover You, I didn't quite know what I would teach about. You gave me like a general topic. And then I happened to be doing that organization project. And all of a sudden it just came to me how I wanted to structure this. So you, your invitation for me to speak, your belief in me that I would come up with something great to teach women is what sparked this, this tool that over 250 women have gone through this now, this course. So thank you for your belief in me and for encouraging me to put my work out in the world. Oh, that made me tear up. I'm I'm glad to have a hand in that. I'll take credit. I'll take credit for a small piece of that. For those who want to follow you online, I know we'll say first go to your podcast, three and thirty takeaways for moms podcast. And on Instagram, what are you? Three and thirty podcast, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. And we'll link yeah. it all. What were you okay, gonna say? Great. And just that that three and thirty podcast.com slash declutter is where they can find the course great. Rachel, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. 
I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. This is a really exciting day because it is the first day Rachel is opening up, uh, signing up for her course, Declutter Your Motherhood. So make sure you go to the link in our show notes to sign up for that. I'll now share the progress pointers from this episode. Number one, women who struggle in their motherhood tend to think the solution is to change themselves. Instead, is to better support themselves, starting with accepting who they are as mothers, not who they're supposed to be. Two, having a strong sense of self in addition to taking care of and honoring that self acts as an anchor to better parenting over time. Three, to help find that self, consider what shoulds are cluttering your relationship to both motherhood and your kids. Four, to declutter your motherhood, follow these steps. Inventory, edit, and make room. And number five, most importantly, add more joy into your motherhood by inserting what resonates with the self your kids need from you. Your do something challenge this week is to ask this question. What beliefs do I have about motherhood that are causing me pain? That was something that Rachel mentioned in the first step of inventorying your motherhood. And I just thought it was so powerful. And that's a simple thing we can ask ourselves. And when you do that, I want to hear how it goes for you. You can DM me, you can email me. If you share on social media, feel free to tag me at About Progress. And I love to pull from the people who reach out to me and do a highlight or rather a spotlight of two progressors each month in our Growth Spurt episodes. Before we sign off today, I want to encourage you to join the wait list for Finding Me Academy. I'm hoping to launch it in the fall. It's kind of dependent on how the baby's doing, to be honest, but I've been working on this for well over a year and a half, and I would love to have you on the wait list so you can be first in the know when the doors open before the public. You can do so by going to aboutprogress.com slash findingmeacademy, and we'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. This is someone who has been there and understands and can now pass on, you know, this, these, I am so falling over my words today. I'm just going to cut that all out. They get to learn. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I'm still rusty. This is like my second interview back. So seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.